When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. And a very good Monday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme. And now we're finally into Christmas week, hoping we'll find each and every one of you in good form today and that you had a nice weekend. Bernie is sitting in for John Paul, who is on a day off today, taking your calls. So if there's anything you want to share with us, give us a call to 1850 You can text or WhatsApp as well throughout the morning to 086 to 103103. And can I start with a, a plea for help for one of our listeners who has contacted us? And I have to say, it's one of those stories that certainly touched me uh, when I heard it. And I'm really hoping, because I know we have fantastic listeners out there, that we might be able to give this woman a little bit of a dig out. We're just calling her Mary and we're just saying that she lives in the North Cork area and we're not giving uh, any more information because for obvious reasons we don't want to identify her. But Mary has had, I suppose, what could be only described as a very turbulent year. She was living in an, a very abusive marriage and uh, finally got the courage up to say enough is enough and I I'm, I'm, I'm want to move on uh, with my life. So her husband left the family home in August of this year. Now, before he left, he destroyed an awful lot of stuff around the house, but she got good help locally and that got sorted out and she's picking up the pieces now and trying to get on with her life. But what she didn't know was before this man left the house having, as I say, destroyed a lot of the contents, he went up into the attic and he destroyed her Christmas, a lot of her Christmas things and of course she didn't know until she recently went up into the attic to get out the stuff for Christmas to discover what he had done. But what she found absolutely heartbreaking was she had a crib that was handmade by her brother and he smashed up all the little figurines that were in the crib. Now, she she's not financially in a situation where she can just go out and buy a new set of crib figures. Plus, she's also caught in that she's a special needs child, so she's not in the position that she can just leave the house and go shopping whenever she wants to either. So she contacted us to say, is there anybody out there that might have a spare set of crib figures or a spare crib that maybe you bought a new one this year or you bought a new one on a previous year. And it's one of those things you never want to throw out 
an old crib and that you might when you were sorting out your Christmas things this year realise oh god yeah I do have a spare crib and I do have spare uh, figures that you would be willing to give to this uh, lady as I say it's in the North Cork area uh, we're going to have to arrange ideally if it's somebody in the North Cork area who could drop them to this woman because she's not in a position because of her uh, she's cocooning her special needs son so she can't get out of the house to go and collect the items so we're putting the call out to see if there's anybody who could do it would be your act of kindness not just for Christmas it would be your act of kindness for the year if there's anybody could help us please with a spare set of figures for a crib or a spare crib that you're no longer using uh, for this uh, lady and we wish this woman and her son nothing but peace and joy this Christmas and you know your life has begun with a great decision that you made in August to get this abusive husband out of the house and things can only get better from here and hopefully since August things have been getting better uh, for you but if we could sort her out with the crib that really would be great Bernie is taking your calls if you can help us with that please 1850-333-103 and then you know while we were were dealing with that I was opening the post and a gorgeous uh, Christmas card with a lovely handwritten letter from from Catherine, who is in on the Schlieve, living in Schlievelucher, she says she says she's on the Kerry side of the border. And just a lovely letter. I just want to acknowledge it, Catherine. Thank you. Uh, just to say how the radio kept her going uh, for in for many dark days that we've had this year, and God knows we have had a lot of dark days during uh, 2020. And she said it's a year certainly none of us will ever forget. Catherine said she's on her own now and family not being able to travel. She said it's just been really really difficult this year, but she's very thankful. That she is going to have company for Christmas uh, so uh, best wishes uh, to uh, Catherine and uh, thank you and we hope you have you have a joyful and a happy Christmas as well and good to know that you will be with family and loved ones this Christmas and then Tig has asked me to give a mention to Claire O'Connell and to give a Christmas shout out happy Christmas to you Claire I'm, I'm told you're a big fan of C103 and that you particularly like the programme so it's always great uh, to have nice listeners like that because your Tig describes you as considerate warm-hearted, the most considerate warm-hearted person Tig has ever met and you do everything for everybody else and that you deserve the very best Christmas. So happy Christmas to you. That is Claire O'Connell. And I know for a lot of people with the news that broke in the United Kingdom yesterday and then subsequently the news that broke by the Irish government, there will be many people today coming to terms with the fact that they're not going to have loved ones around the Christmas table for this Christmas but if we could just if you could just try and see it that it's one Christmas and you know please God if we all make the sacrifices this year we'll be able to have Christmas next year and for many more Christmases to come when loved ones will be able to uh, join us and we'll have as many of our loved ones with us and that we won't lose loved ones to COVID and that's what it's all about. It's about protecting ourselves and protecting our loved ones and our communities and, and the wider communities and as we know there is a 48-hour ban now on flights from uh, Britain and I know we've already had calls in saying why is it only 48 hours? Is it going to be extended? It is expected it's going to be extended but of course we won't know on until the Cabinet meet uh, tomorrow and the decision was made as fears grew and are growing within government that this new strain of COVID-19 virus, which we now know spreads more rapidly, 
There are concerns. It may already be here in Ireland. The Transport Minister, Eamon Ryan, he was a busy man yesterday, fielded a lot of calls from the media. He announced uh, the ban on flights into Ireland from Britain. And of course, he's also restricted ferries to freight crossing only. The travel ban came into effect from midnight. And of course, it couldn't come at a worst time, could it? Uh, it's at the time when thousands of people should have been arriving, uh, Irish people living in Britain, Thousands of them were planning on travelling back to Ireland for Christmas. The government said the ban will last until at least tomorrow night, but it will be discussed tomorrow by Cabinet. And I I think we can be guaranteed that that will be extended. Eamon Ryan said the two-day ban was put in place to allow the government and the public health experts to review the situation before making any further decisions. Uh, He says it's not likely there will be a complete return to normal in a few days, but he said it is a better way of assessing what is going on. Yesterday, ministers and senior government officials said they believed the new strain, it spread 70% quicker than the original coronavirus. They do believe that it's probably already on the island of Ireland. One senior government source already said four suspected cases have been found in Northern Ireland. Now we haven't confirmed any cases in the South but given the amount of travel between the North and the South it would be a huge surprise if it wasn't already somewhere here in the South of Ireland and already circulating. Another government source said the more rapid spreading strain has to be here given uh, that it's been in Britain since September of this year. Yesterday, Neffert announced 764 new cases of COVID-19 and that was up over 200 on the previous day, 527. We really are at very, very high figures. Eamon Ryan says the government doesn't have any evidence to suggest that the rising cases is due to this new strain at this stage. And of course, over in the United Kingdom, the British Health Minister, Matt Hancock, said the new strain of the virus was running out of control. And I thought that was astounding yesterday to see their health minister speaking on their national TVs saying that here we have a strain of the virus that's running out of uh, control and of course we know what happened in Boris Johnson in the UK on Saturday doing the announcement that they that London and that whole area of the southeast of England going into this new uh, tier 4 lockdown sort of a little bit like what we would have as level 5 here that caused pandemonium though there was chaotic scenes in London on Saturday as people tried to get out of the city because the the ban was being introduced and the lockdown was being introduced from uh, midnight and those who have remained in London uh, and that area in the region have been asked not to visit other households over Christmas they've basically been told to uh, stay indoors and then we had Belgium we had the Netherlands and we had Italy they all banned flights from uh, Britain and they were all ahead of the decision that was made by Ireland the government is of course by the way considering how to repatriate people who may have been visiting Britain in recent days and are also hoping to assist passengers who would be would be transferring through British airports before arriving into uh, Ireland. So they're working on these repatriation flights because you would have people coming from further afield who would use Heathrow you know, we've all done that on particularly on long haul flights and you come into Heathrow and then you fly on into Cork or Shannon or Dublin. So there will be people and there would have been people yesterday and there will be certainly people today landing to discover there's no connecting flights. So they do, they will have to uh, repatriate people and I know there are essential, uh, well, some essential workers are also going to be repatriated. And I heard about a Cork couple and I don't know whether they only went over for a day or two, but they went, went over on Saturday, maybe it was just for an overnight to visit a relative who is at end of life 
a core couple and then they're, they're, they've got stuck because their flight got cancelled so they're typical of, of people that will need to be repatriated and I was also listening to some of the airlines they need to get their planes back over to Ireland as well so there are flights already in the UK and they can repatriate people but it will be on a case by case basis they won't fill those planes and it won't be a case of Johnny wants to come home for Christmas because he comes home for Christmas every year Johnny has to stay in London uh, this year but if it's a case that they have to be repatriated they, they are working the Department of Foreign Affairs are working on that I also heard the Department of Foreign Affairs overnight normally have one worker one key worker on you know who would work that would be there 24-7 would have to be there overnight with different time zones in case you know an Irish person living abroad needed to contact uh, Foreign Affairs last night they had to put on 10 staff who worked throughout the night feeding the number of calls that they were getting for people so Foreign Affairs are trying to help out particularly when it comes to uh, repatriation and Aer Lingus and, uh, are not operating any flights from the UK to Ireland during the 48 hour period and then everyone is waiting to see what the government will say tomorrow as I'm expecting it to be that they will announce that they will extend that ban as to how long they will extend it I don't know 1850-333-103 Bernie is taking your calls phones by the way have been very busy this morning so bear with Bernie she is taking the calls on her own you can text her WhatsApp though to 0862 103 103 Some of your thoughts coming in Michael says Patricia Hi absolute disgrace what's happened in uh, England with this new strain of COVID-19 it was widely reported that they knew back in September that this strain was transmitting and they did little about it Currently, they're only vaccinating 180,000 people every seven days. So far, they've only done 38,000 people. They expect to have half a million done by the end of the year. But bear in mind, 65 million people live in the United Kingdom. Uh, The gel in the Pfizer vaccine is causing allergic reaction to anybody with allergies. But the Oxford vaccine, which will be authorised this week and will be okay as it is, has no gel. I hope our government will not wait as long as the UK in extending their lockdown. We need to be in lockdown for three or four months. That's on top of Brexit means pure chaos. Any responsible UK government would already have asked for an emergency transition extension. I actually said that. I spoke about that myself at home yesterday. But then again, do they have a sensible government in the UK given what Matt Hancock, their health secretary, told Sky News yesterday about tier four measures and that they would be remaining in place until there is a vaccine. The current measures that they've announced on Friday could go on for months and months and months as they seem to have insufficient data. Happy Christmas and stay safe, says uh, Michael. And ditto back to you, Michael. Stay safe as well. And hi, Patricia, the country needs to go back to level five immediately with one day for a Christmas Day bubble. Our numbers will go back in their thousands. The only way to return to any sort of normality is to eradicate the disease completely and rules need to be mandatory to ensure that everyone is conforming. I wonder would many people agree with that listener back into level five and I'm just seeing on breaking news that the Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney says he expects inter-county travel will be restricted before January Uh, 6th and he says that keeping the schools closed in January is very uh, unlikely but we will know tomorrow on what they're going to do with the closure of the restaurants and the gastropubs but it was been speculated that the inter-county travel would would be allowed to remain in place. I think they were talking about extending it for a day to the 7th of January but according to Simon Coveney it'll be restricted before January the 6th and that's going to have implications for people who are going to travel around the country for Christmas this year so I think that 
it's an awful pity that they, they're not having that cabinet meeting today while they're waiting another day. I just cannot understand. 1850-333-103. Bernie is taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Now, as we now know, it looks like Christmas and New Year festivities will be curtailed following a call from Neffet to reimpose restrictions on household visits and on the hospitality sector. The cabinet are due to meet tomorrow to consider those recommendations and joining me with the views of local publicans is Michael O'Donovan of the Cork branch of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. Uh, good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Patricia. You're, you're welcome. What is all this uncertainty doing to the publicans that are open? Oh, uh, it's been an unbelievable, I suppose, weekend and since last Thursday evening, Patricia, to be quite honest. Um, I think the uncertainty is that, look, we don't know a date that it's actually, look, we all appreciate it's probably going to close summer 28, 29, 30. But it's the uncertainty that's causing because of Christmas Eve falling, uh, you know, this Thursday, Christmas Day, Friday, Stephen's Day, Saturday. Um, it's, it's just deliveries this week came in on Saturday, Monday and Tuesday predominantly. And people had to place their orders last uh, Wednesday, Thursday. So, like, uh, to change orders, to change rosters for staff, it's just the sheer uncertainty of it is, is, is very frightening and very frustrating for members because staff don't know what hours they'll be working, you know, like, even the simple things of signing back up onto the PUP if we do close. Uh, will there, will there, you know, will there be somebody there to take the... the uh, the calls and um, it's just that there's been no clarity on it really, since Thursday night since Patricia made that statement uh, on the 6-1 News. Are some of the gastro pubs regretting that they ever opened after the coming out of level 5? Yeah look I, I was talking to because I've had many calls on Thursday night I can assure you and um, a lot of them are really look I suppose one of the big things is some publicans guaranteed chefs especially wages to the end of January, guarantee them that they'd keep them on the books. Um, and I suppose they're now staring down the barrel of a huge financial loss because, look, they thought they'd get to the 6th or 10th of January and that they'd be able to, you know, afford it then for the next two or three weeks. But carrying it now maybe for five weeks is a, is a huge burden. Um, then, look, I suppose, stock, you know, like I experienced myself in September and I'm a small pop, you could say, with only a few fridges, but some of these gastro pubs that are open are big premises. They'd have all their fridges full, like expecting to go through the month at least uh, uh, for Christmas. And uh, if they're closed down, obviously in the next few days, we're telling them to, to run down stock as much as they can. But um, it's just the uncertainty of it. If, if this decision had to be made, you know, last Thursday when the T-shirt made it, or even over the weekend, it would have given our members some chance because like most of them as I said are getting deliveries today and tomorrow and like we won't hear the news probably until after lunch tomorrow I think we're being told so it's just very late and getting it uh, in consideration of the week that we're in Yeah and it's almost like we've people have been drip fed the information I mean as you say it was Thursday that Neffet kicked it off by saying and I think they had Neffet had recommended that the hospitality sector would close on the 28th then over the weekend it looked like the government was saying no we'll do it on December the 30th but yet we still have to wait until tomorrow we still have to wait until the cabinet meet and then they have to meet have their discussion as you say it'll probably be four o'clock after four tomorrow afternoon, before anything, any decision is announced. Yeah, it is, Patricia. Like, look, you you hit uh, you hit it on the nail there on the head, really, when you said 
uh, the 28th or the 30th. But, you know, we need to have stock in if pubs are opening between the 28th and the 30th. You can't just flick a switch and open the doors and everything is there. Um, because obviously, if you have the stock ordered for, for the 28th, for the Monday, for the, and you're told you're closing Monday night, obviously you're stuck with that stock. Where if you're open Monday, Tuesday, um, you know, you you've not to to sell some of that stock. So it's like it, it's not very easy to, to gauge what happens. It's so simply because the week that's in us, as I said, most orders for next Monday will have to go in uh, this week, Monday or Tuesday, ironically, because places are winding down on Wednesday. And it's just it's just very late to be making decisions. And we've been asking uh, government all weekend really to make a decision as early as possible, but they're still sticking to the cabinet meeting tomorrow. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't changed. They they certainly haven't changed their mind. And it's the, it's the same with what I was talking about a couple of minutes ago with the flight ban for forty eight hours. That obviously is going to be extended, but nobody knows how far yeah. it's going to be extended by un, until tomorrow. And I think people are getting very frustrated with waiting. Yeah, it it's just it's yeah, it's. All, all weekend, I would say the, the major thing that talking to, to publicans was frustration and staff frustration as well. They were obviously getting down, like the staff that are working for them are very frustrated because they, they don't know what's happening next week. Do they, you know, I was talking to one publican, he's a girl that works for him. She has two young kids trying to organise, you know, babysitters. Uh, does she need the babysitter? Like small things like this, they're, you know, it all has to be planned. But like, it's just leaving it so late makes it very difficult to plan for these things. And how have the gastro pubs been doing? Um, I think up until last Thursday, they were, you know, most of them were were, were, were were fully booked, to be quite honest. If you tried to get a booking in most places this weekend, you couldn't. Uh, but they're operating at such reduced capacity up to like 50% max, most of them, of what they normally would be. Some are down to 30%, um, depending on just your... your Poverty of your your premises, um, and they're all operating at the guidelines uh, that are there to the one or forty-five. If you're doing one meter, or if you're doing two meter, it's different. But they're still trying to turn over the tables, obviously, to get people in and out, and try to get as many people, I suppose, satisfied that want to go out uh, as possible. But um, since Thursday, since I suppose Tishuk made that announcement uh, Thursday night. The amount of cancellations that came in Thursday, Friday, and over the weekend, talking to colleagues, has just been astronomical. Really, it's uh, it really, I suppose. Look, you can't blame the public. They're listening to the Taoiseach and the chief medical officer, but it's uh, it really, I suppose, diminished the trading in lots of premises over the weekend with the cancellations. Well, you, and, you know, yeah, and you had Tony Houlihan clearly coming out at the weekend saying, "Stay away from pubs and restaurants to protect yourself and your loved ones." Yeah, look, he's, look. I think if Tony Holohan had his way, uh, pubs would never have opened in early December. Like he said that quite, uh, quite. I think plainly in the press conference the first week of December before we opened, he didn't want hospitality open. Uh, the man just doesn't like. I think uh, hospitality full stop. Um, well, I, well, I think I think Michael, in, in fairness to him, what he sees is you close hospitality and the numbers come down, particularly the numbers in the younger age group. You open up hospitality, and there, there's a direct rise in the cases of the younger people. It's the younger people who are going out socialising, and they're obviously not sticking to the rules. Um, yeah, I look, but Patricia, uh, you can see over the weekend here in Cork there was a car gathering, eight hundred. And odd cars, I think I'm led to believe, down Little Island uh, over the weekend, mainly young people. 
800 young people, like if they were out in Cork City, in, a, in any pub setting, they'd be sprayed over. So they'd nearly cover, I'd say, a lot, most of Cork City with, uh, with that number of 800. So, like, we're operating at the guidelines that are there, and, like, the National Health Surveillance Team have done their data. And, like they said, look, in their words, the HSE, the hospitality pubs and restaurants have been a safe setting because we're operating very controlled and limited uh, and space for people to go out in. But, like, uh, I think since uh, the lifting of uh, Level 5, I suppose, back in early December, we've seen, you know, people um, gathering, uh, like, as you've seen, across the city in different towns, if, everywhere in, in uncontrolled events. Have you given up the ghost on your own pub and other wet pubs opening in the foreseeable future, Michael? If, look, yeah, look, I think Patricia would... Uh, you know, the leaks that are coming out of government from the different uh, departments and they're talking now, you know, if, if this goes ahead in January, look, to be quite honest, which I think is very difficult, they're talking about us uh, being pushed back because it has a knock-on effect because when we open up again, it will be the gastropubs will come back first with the restaurants we'd expect, like it has been the last two times and then we'll be the, say, the next rung of the ladder down. So, like, it pushes us back further again, so... I think, yeah, for open, uh, listening to the leaks, they're talking about March time. Yeah, I heard one cabinet minister who was n- remained nameless, but he was saying that they're hoping that pubs could reopen for St. Patrick's Day, but he couldn't even give a certainty for that. Yeah, it, and look, it's, I suppose, at that stage, Patricia will be closed a year. Um, and like, look, I this weekend, again, two more pubs here in uh, County Cork have... Um, have called it a day. I think I'm up to seven now that I that I know of uh, that I'm helping uh, them get rid of their fixtures and fittings with the company oh, in Dublin. Goodness. So like uh, it's uh, uh, it's it's going to be more like it's seven I know of now, um, and like there's probably going to be more, and that's the pressing part of it. Like uh, like uh, these two, one's a town, one's a village where these pubs are going, and like uh, it it just takes like the fabric of the of the community. You know these. These people, I don't want to say where they are now, but I know, I know. Like, um, like it's it it it's soul destroying to for like one of them's a really big character, and like see him go out to the pub trade, it's just heartbreaking. You know? Well, it can take if it's the only pub in the village, as and many villages are, are only some only have one pub. It can take the heart out of the village. It can be because it's the place where everybody meets for any, yeah. not just yeah. to go and drink, but they meet for other socialising or meetings or whatever happens in the area will centre, uh, will centralise around uh, a local pub. OK, all right, Michael. And how are you doing yourself? Oh, look, I, I suppose this year, uh, uh, this week will be particularly hard, I think, Patricia. Like I was t- on the phone to my mother and father last night and like uh, Kate Lawler there, uh, a failing chef from Cork City getting stuck in England with her husband and baby. Uh, uh, they were meant to come home this morning. You know, we'd have seen Kate probably Christmas Eve in the bar with her mother and father. And like, uh, meeting up people that come home, it's it's just such a joyous time to meet people uh, Christmas Eve or the day or two before, you know, popping in saying hi. Lots of them might even have a drink. Some would have a drink, but it's just we've known them for years. They're away to hear all the voices coming home from Australia and America and see how they're doing another year past. But like, None of that's going to happen this year. Yeah, and they're people you'd only see from one one year to the next. And who's 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 that couple stuck in Heathrow? Uh, No, that they were flying home today. Kate Lawler. Um, She was uh, she was chef in Sensky, which was around the corner 
Christmas, she she got married to England about two years ago. So your 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 line your line is is badly breaking up. They were they they were trying they were they were planning to come home for Christmas. Yeah, they were meant to come home. I think at half six this morning, ah. and um, and like obviously the the travel ban and everything. So they're staying in, in Worcester for um for for Christmas. So like uh you know I'm sure that story will be repeated. Yeah, by yeah, many. all over the country, yeah. all over the country. Okay. All right, yeah. okay, I'll leave it there because your your phone line is starting to break up on us, Michael. Listen, a happy nope. Christmas to you. I know it's going to be a very different uh, Christmas, but pass on our best wishes uh, to your parents as well, and uh, ha- have a nice Christmas as best you can. I know it's it's not sure. the same as it normally is. And, and many happy returns, Patricia. And thank you for the time during the year to let us. I suppose get her points across well, or no problem time, so thank you we'll speak again in the new year take care God bless uh, that is uh, Michael O'Donovan who is the Cork branch of the Vintners Federation of Ireland 1850 Bernie taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862103103 we're going to go back to Sam's Gala store in Dunmanway to pick up on a story we covered on Friday to try to find out the owner of an envelope containing a large sum of money and what looked like somebody's Christmas shop List once again. The owner, Colm O'Sullivan, joins me. Good morning, to you, Colm. Patricia. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm very well. And this turned out to be one of those really happy news stories. And God knows we could do with a bit of good news, particularly in the run up uh, to Christmas. You and I were chatting on Friday, and there was a gentleman listening. There was, and all the result is absolutely without question down to you and your program, Patricia. There was, thankfully, yes, and an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of the opinions that people had were in that it was a lovely elderly gentleman to be honest I didn't meet him myself as you know I was out I was out on Friday and um, he had been listening to the programme right yeah and he immediately realised it was him but to be fair to the guy he actually thought he had misplaced it in the house and he was in the store here on last Monday morning and when he went to retrieve the envelope and to do some more shopping on Wednesday morning he realised he was without it so his assumption was he'd lost either in the house or in the car. So he was scouring the house looking for it? He was, and I, I, I suspect he was doing it without his wife knowing that he was actually searching as well. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's even, there's an aside to this story, the wife normally does, because people were saying that was, there was lots of people chipping in that that's definitely a woman wrote that because the, the mat for outside the front door, no man would be would go into was, town to buy that. I heard one of your own listeners made that point. Yeah. Actually, some, there, there were a lot of learnings from it. Until I'd spoken to you, I was adamant that the person had to come in and state exactly how much was in the envelope and exactly what the last item on the shopping list was. Yeah. Only if you remember, on yeah. our conversation on Friday, you made a suggestion that obviously someone had been adding to this list over a period of weeks with the different colour pens yeah. and there was a good chance they had been adding money to it as well. You are absolutely right. The guy had no idea what was in it. He ah, she got suspect- help him. He suspected it was somewhere between three and five hundred euros. She got help him. And he hadn't obviously told the wife that he had lost it. And she normally did the shopping, but not this <coughs> she year. She did, the poor lady. Yeah, she did. And just in, with the present pandemic and that, she was afraid to go out and decided not to. So he was entrusted with the envelope and the shopping list. 
and at 83 years of age, he said it's the first time in his life he'd ever gone Christmas shopping. He couldn't believe he'd made such a mess of it. Gosh, the poor man. The poor, he was trying to build up the courage to tell her that the envelope and the money was, was missing. But then, obviously, he heard us chat. He went back in and he was able to retrieve the money. And we don't, know, we don't know whether he ever told her that he lost it for, for a period of time. And the last item on the shopping list and the one that you were not revealing so that we could make sure the money got back to the rightful owner was... It was a wheelbarrow <laughs> with a pump-up tyre. He came into the shop. Um, he spoke with the manager, uh, Noreen Horan, and he said, I'm here about the money. And she said, everybody's here about money. <laughs> but, uh, he said, no, the one that was lost. And she said, all right, yeah. And uh, he said, um, I tell you, the last thing he says on that is uh, a wheelbarrow with a pneumatic tyre. <laughs> she said, it's hard to argue with that now. And luckily enough, I spoke to her <clears throat> I spoke with you on Friday and I said listen if anybody does come in don't be adamant don't stick rigidly to the sum of money mm. and exactly as you, as you suspected he, he wasn't entirely sure what was in there and there was more in it than what he thought wasn't there there was yeah, 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 yeah it was a phenomenal result and <clears throat> the, the, the terminology that Noreen used to me was she said it was like some watching somebody age in reverse <laughs> Um, <laughs> the relief on his on his face, and the one of embarrassment on his part as well. I think he's more embarrassed than anything else. The one that we know. all got the great laugh out of, and and in in a nice way because none of us could pronounce the word for for ages. Huawei, and the way the wife had written it down, Huawei. She'd written it down phonetically, and Huawei have reached out. You're absolutely right. I was shocked at that. I thought it was somebody after change who said up a profile just for the laugh but actually when I looked in I saw Huawei with 59 million followers how they found it is beyond me they actually made contact directly onto the page and they said that they thought this whole thing was hilarious they felt really sorry for the guy they were delighted with the outcome and that they would like to offer free of charge um, earbuds for him um, Huawei but the, the ironic thing was Patricia <clears throat> they, they used the terminology get him to send a DM and reach out now, this man would know that the Ioni discoveries have last year means a direct message. Right? Yeah. So, um, no, he won't be reaching out by DM. But we're, we're actually hoping he will be in today. He's a guy that lives, I think, about seven or eight miles from here. Okay. And he's usually in the Monday. So we're hoping he'll be in today. We can make contact with him and get those. Um, it was a phenomenal gesture from that company. That it, was, it was gorgeous. It was, it was really. And sure, you, you could do the DMing. You could direct message him for, for him. And and, and organise it. And obviously, we're not we're not obviously identifying, and we will never identify uh, this gentleman for for very obvious reasons. But we have a happy man who's going to have a happy Christmas, and he can go. Well, thanks to you and your. Ah, listen, it was it was the listeners. It's the power of radio, Patricia. It was just it was incredible that within an hour, we did have the conversation on Monday, and I thought, okay, look, that's another another chance, or uh, you know, to try and find him. I couldn't believe she rang me within an hour. The guy was in the shop. Gosh, yeah, but I was just so thrilled. It just uh, when I, I say, saw you had to make it, his excuses and leave. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't even know then if you managed to get the rest of the items on the shopping list. No, but I'd say he's more chance of getting them with the five hundred euros yeah. the envelope than not. <laughs> Someone said the wheelbarrow was to collect all the items that she that she sent him to the shop to buy it. <laughs> I thought I think he was as concerned for the list as he was for the money. Yeah, yeah, bless. Because bless. ironically enough, the only thing he really remembered on it was the wheelbarrow. And was there, there was a lovely reaction on social media, and I'm sure a lovely reaction in the shop as well. Has there been? There was. It's it's incredible how people. Um, 
how people were taken by it, you know, and they were so happy to see a nice outcome. And that, I, I thought that was fabulous to see. Everybody was delighted to see that there was a great outcome from it and that he was, and he was reunited with his money and his list. It was phenomenal, the goodwill yeah. from people. You know? People genuinely happy. And young Clodagh Crowley, your young shop worker, who was the honest person who found that envelope, yeah. nobody, would, including the man who lost it, would never have known that it was it was inside in Sam's Gala store. She handed it up straight away and he he left a little a reward for her as well, I no, believe. No, he did, to be fair. No, yeah. he did. He left 40 nice man. He was delighted he was with that. But until he heard your radio programme, he, he was still certain it was in the house. Yeah. She thought, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he was fairly certain he brought the money home, brought the envelope home, and he went looking for it, it wasn't there. But sure, but how I, often but have we lost stuff and we're convinced that it's somewhere and it was nowhere near the place we thought we lost we it? Have, we have, it. I'm not sure whether or not you share a house with anybody, but it's bad enough trying to search for something with a crowd around, but just trying to search for something without anybody knowing just searching. <laughs> That's to be exceptionally difficult. Uh, he's a great man. He's a great. He's a great man, oh, and he, he'll, he'll have a great Christmas. Gentleman, by all accounts. Good, good. And you're you're a great guy inside in the gala store in Dunmanwick, and we wish you all a happy Christmas, uh, Colm. And are you busy? <coughs> we are, thank God, at the moment. And lockdown always does us the world of good because people don't tend to travel, so they shop local, which is fabulous for everybody here in the town. You know. Yeah, I was reading a piece, you know, they were, they were talking about just uh, that there's there was a great you know, buoyancy in local communities and, you know, I'm doing my bit to, to shop local and I have noticed last couple of weekends, towns are busy. You're absolutely right. No, I, You're absolutely right and I even thought here yesterday it was significantly busier than it was for the last few Sundays and it is great. To see, but what has happened is People have gone shop look and they realise actually there is value in their own town. There's a range in their own town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's just this perception that, oh, well, I have to go to Woody's in Cork or I have to go. That's fine. But like, you'll actually find most places local will have the same product. Yeah, and go there look are for And yeah. the more money you put into the local economy, everybody, but it's a win win for everybody. Oh, without question. You yeah. know, it's all like I saw in the UK years ago, I did yeah, this initiative was called LOL. It was a little often and local. Now, LOL has two other meanings now, but yeah. um, it, it actually worked for them, you know, yeah. and it's fantastic to see it again. But Patricia, thank you so much for your help and happy Christmas to you and your listeners. We really appreciate your help. And as you probably saw from the comments, um, you you came out very, very well out of it. <laughs> 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 Including some people who prayed to St. Anthony as well, I thought. I, yeah, oh, I, I see, I'm a great fan of St. Anthony and I didn't even mention, because <laughs> somebody said to me, somebody put put in a message after saying, and Patricia, you didn't even mention St. Anthony when you were talking to Colm. And normally I'm a great fan of St. Anthony and I completely yeah. forgot to, me- to mention him, but he's a great, but there had been prayers offered to St. Anthony as well. Uh, which yeah. is, which the only other aspect of it, I spoke to my wife last night, you want to go on the radio and she wondered if his wife is still listening. I said, actually, Wendy, on occasion where I've got into significant messes, right, I would usually resolve it and then I would tell her. Yeah, I said, yeah. I presume he would do the same I think, thing. I think, he, I think he has, her, and I think, and he's going to have a great Christmas. And, <laughs> however, and there's obviously grandchildren on that shopping list, judging by some of the presents. They're, they're, they're being very generous with their presents as I well. Think, yeah, to be, to Listen, be fair, Patricia, I had to Google some of them myself to see I, what they were. But no, <laughs> I'm an expert now in kids' toys, Yoda and Faria. <laughs> Yeah, the Huawei's. Listen, have a great Christmas, uh, Colm, and all the best for 2021. Thank you very much. God bless.
Yes, uh, bye bye. That is uh, Colm O'Sullivan there, the owner of Sam's Gather Store in Dunmanway. Just a happy, happy ending. Gentleman reunited with his money and he can go off and do the rest of the shopping for the wife and he'll be more careful of where he's putting down his envelope of money in future. 1850 333 Bernie, uh, taking your calls today. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Let me stay on a Christmas theme, please. Kate's been on to say, would you give a mention to the Christmas market taking place in Fromoy at the Old Presentation Convent? It'll be tomorrow night, the 22nd of uh, December, and it's on from 5 tomorrow evening until 8 o'clock. So 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. tomorrow night, Christmas market for Moy at the Old Presentation uh, Convent. And I wish all of the Christmas markets that are going on the very best of uh, luck and I think it's fantastic we're always on about shopping local and I spoke about shopping local again in the, in the last hour and if you can buy items from any of those Christmas markets all the better because in the majority of cases it's local craft producers and food producers in the area that sell their wares at the various markets so good luck to that uh, m- Christmas market going on in Fomoy tomorrow and Jur is looking for a little bit of advice obviously a first for Jur thinking of getting a boned and rolled turkey this year does it take the same time to cook? Ponders Jur. I've heard it loses some of its flavour. Does it cost extra? Would appreciate some feedback please from your listeners a very happy Christmas It certainly cooks quicker obviously because if you take the bone out it is going to be lighter so it'll cook the very same way that you cook a normal turkey and that you allow 20 minutes per pound and 20 minutes over so you, you'll get the weight when you're getting it from the butcher does it cost more I, th- I think traditionally it does because obviously there's work involved for the butcher to carve it out some people absolutely swear by boned and rolled turkey because it certainly makes carving of the turkey on Christmas Day. I've done boned and rolled turkeys in the past. There's no waste. You certainly, there's absolutely no waste on it. Does it reduce in flavour? I'll leave that to the people that eat the turkey to tell me does it reduce in flavour or not. So advice please for Jer, who is contemplating a boned and rolled turkey. As I say, people that go boned and rolled and find it very successful never go back to the old traditional turkey but then you'll have the traditionals out there who'll say no you have to have it on the bone it's the only way uh, to cook it so thoughts please on boned and rolled turkeys for jar are they a good thing are they a bad thing have you used them before are, are you one of the advocates that swears by a boned and rolled turkey are, are you on the other side of the camp that says no your advice please to jar share it with us 1850 333 103 or you can text or whatsapp 0862 103 103. Other comments coming in to us. Mavis says, uh, hi, I believe that if all of the countries had done the same as New Zealand in the early days and literally locked the country down, stop all travel in and out of New Zealand except for freight and essential uh, travel. If every country did that, this pandemic would be way more under control. Also, anybody coming in to the countries should have been put into enforced quarantine which is what they did in New Zealand and Australia as well. I talked to my brother and his family. They live in the Northern Ireland in New Zealand. They're enjoying a reasonably normal summer. However, I also sympathise with the government as this virus is so virulent and an unknown quantity that it is and has been a case of trial and error. People just need to abide by the restrictions. We need to get through this sensibly and uh, safely and how right you are. And actually I was saw on uh, Twitter in the last um, couple of hours, somebody who was travelling back to 
to Cork to spend Christmas with loved ones here in Cork. Tested negative in Copenhagen on Monday before getting on a plane. Arrived on a plane, has done everything right. Went into self-isolation and then was due to get a test in Cork on Saturday. Now the person tested negative in Copenhagen on Monday and the test on Saturday showed that she was positive. Now she had only one close contact which is the other person that she is self-isolating with and she now remains in uh, quarantine uh, for the 14 days. But this particular lady put it up on Twitter and made the point, please follow the guidelines. They're there for all of our safety and a test before you fly isn't enough and it's not for anyone who has made the journey home and who got a test before they left whatever country they were leaving from and obviously they wouldn't have boarded the plane unless they were negative. They have to then, five days after they land, they have to go and book a private test and then you wait until you get the test result of that test to tell you if you're still negative, then you're okay. But if you're not, if you're positive, as is the case with this uh, this particular woman, then you go into uh, quarantine. And it also is a point that I saw a doctor talk about this yesterday and it got me thinking as well on the people who were disappointed who couldn't get onto flights yesterday and are from midnight last night so people who are not getting onto flights today are uh, tomorrow that if somebody got a flight home today so today would be day one say that's the day they land and they've had a negative test result before getting on the plane then five days later would be Christmas Day they would be due to take their their test on day five and tomorrow it would be St Stephen's Day the day after it would be the the 27th so I don't understand how people were planning on travelling this this close to Christmas and thinking they were going to be abiding by all of uh, the rules and uh, regulations self-isolation obviously was going to be breached if people were planning on coming and thinking just because they had a negative test. So you do have to get a follow-up five days later and only then are you allowed to move about and meet up with uh, people. And that's the worry and the concern that if people arrive and they they think they're fine because they've had a negative test and then if it turns out they actually have, they are breeding the coronavirus without even realising it then what happens they go on to pass it on to everybody else. Mary in West Cork says Patricia there are house parties going on here in West Cork non-stop. The government want to close pubs and restaurants. The government are a joke says Mary who feels the pubs and the restaurants should remain open but stop the house parties and says morning Patricia the travel ban is no good what will happen is people will fly into Belfast and travel down south. I know of two fathers driving to Belfast today to pick up sons and daughters and they won't quarantine or restrict movement for 14 days on arrival from the UK and I would say to you give, if those people live anywhere near you give them absolutely a wide berth stay well away, away from them and someone else says we need to man our border with Northern Ireland especially if they're keeping their ports and airports open we have a right to protect our country and did I hear yesterday that Scotland were closing off their border with England to stop people travelling from England into uh, Scotland so I wonder would people agree with that listener that we need to man our borders here and close off the borders completely and stop people travelling across at the border. And Tim says, Patricia, people shouldn't be travelling around the country at all. Are they thick, blind or just plain stupid? Do they listen to the news? Are they not listening to all the statistics that are coming out? I'll never understand the mindset of some people who really should know better. People should 
personal responsibility as, we, as we've said how many times on this programme we're, we're developing a vaccine and vaccines are being developed but there's no vaccine for stupidity or ignorance people will do what people want to do and they will always be right Jim in Donnerelson says since September he's noticed large groups of people road bowling on the Donnerell to Castletown Roach Road he says it's happening most weekends he said he and other locals find it all a little bit intimidating the guards have been called but nothing uh, seems to uh, help we did ask Jim if he wanted to join us on the programme to talk about it but he actually said he'd be afraid to speak on air. He's so intimidated by what's going on that he's fearful of being recognised which is really sad in an area where he lives in. Have others noticed that on the Donneril to Castletown Roach Road a lot of road bowling. I know the last time road bowling came up and we got on to Balcombe and Meharan and they nearly took the heads off us for daring to say that they weren't doing things right and they were saying that they, they were doing whatever road bowling was going on under the auspices of Balcombe and Meharan was all being done with social distancing and people's names were taken uh, for, for contact tracing and they were completely above board but they did accept that there was other bowling going on which wasn't officially under their control so I don't know who's operating the road bowling between Donnerill and Castletown Roche but Jim says he and other locals are quite intimidated by it which is, which is shocking 1850-333-103 Bernie's taking your calls if you want to text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 C103 Jobs A taxi or a minibus driver is wanted for it's for a school run and it's in the Cork City area you need to have an SPSV licence CE placements are available in Blarney in Ascara Kilcully White Church and Granada uh, areas. They have vacancies for caretakers, groundkeepers, and office staff. While a HGV mechanic is wanted for country clean recycling there in the Ballygown area just outside of Mallow, they're also looking for a general operative required for truck washing. And relying. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Precision are looking for a full-time quality engineer and a full-time CNC turner. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C103. 
Now, a must-read every Christmas for people living in Bandon and the surrounding areas of West Cork is the Opinion Christmas Annual. And to chat about this year's edition, I'm joined by the editor, uh, Eddie Goggin. Good morning to you, Eddie. Morning, Patricia. And How are you? you? Oh, I'm very well, and you're welcome to the programme. Congratulations. It's, again, another fantastic edition. Uh, it is fair to say it's been an extraordinary year, but it hasn't stopped you producing this year's annual. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> A lot of pressure on me not to produce it this year, to be honest with you. But I said to myself that if any year we needed to give people a bit of a lift and a boost and a bit of extra reading, because there's a lot more extra reading in, in a lot of the media today because of the reduction in advertising, you know, and the reduction in photographs because there are no social events. Like, we've had to bring out uh, opinions without um, dinner dances, tibs, balls, uh Point to point, regattas. So we, as a result, we've had to write more, and uh, the same thing was reflected in, in our Christmas annual. And I'd have to say, Patricia, in all honesty, I think it it, um, it went down extremely well on this occasion. Most people that have contacted us have said that um, it was one of the best. Christmas annuals ever. Yeah, I think I think I would have to agree. I think it's a, it is a super addition. Yeah. Ed- and you know the other thing that struck me because uh, I I had it at home with me over the weekend uh, reading some of the articles in it. I think we've more time in our hands than ever before, and I think we've done the Netflix and we've done all the yes. t- series on the TV, yes. and it's just nice to sit down yeah. in peace and quiet and read. Yes, and it's also I think. I think there's a different mindset with a lot of people as well today. There's a, I think people, as a result of the COVID, have become kinder, nicer, mm. less judgmental. And when they see people like you take Sister Kate McCarthy from Duma League, who went out and fought for the French resistance uh, and and escaped the Gestapo and so forth, and and people that have achieved success in business like. Mary Rose here, the, 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 the cafe queen, as they called her, and uh, like I said, the Kinsale character, Ollie O'Regan. Like, there's a lot of feel-good uh, articles in it, you know. Yeah, and I, I want to talk about some of them. Start with who you uh, mentioned, because this was a lady I had never heard of before, Sister Kate McCarthy from uh, Drimmer League. Her story is absolutely fascinating. It's an incredible story, absolutely. And... Uh, uh, it was written actually by Catherine Fleming. She's a retired teacher above in Kildare. Uh, why, why, uh, we'd be interested that there are quite a few of <clears throat> um, Sister Kate's relatives still living in Dreamy League in Baltimore and around different parts of West Cork. She was an incredible lady and, and she um, she went out and she fought uh, with the French resistance and uh, she cheated death four times at the hands of the Nazis. And... Um, she was present, like she spent fifteen months at one stage in solitary confinement in appalling conditions, and uh, she was presented with the President de Gaulle, um, by President de Gaulle, with the commemorative war medal. You know, she was she was known as the soldier with no uniform, who bravely took part in the glorious liberation of France. She was an incredible lady. She came back to live in Cork. Eventually, she lived in the Honan home and. Um, she died in 1971. She was aged 76. She was a really incredible lady uh, and she's buried in St. Finbar Cemetery in Cork. 
Yeah, it's I mean, an incredible story. It is, really, it, is it is. I mean, you know, and, and to think of her living in some of these notorious uh, concentration camps and, you know, I mean, even, even the smallest thing, like when they were picking out the people to go to the gas chamber, you know, putting some re- some thing to make their cheeks look a bit fresher looking That's because right, they, obviously they were emaciated. Yeah, they were nearly like walking skeletons. She wasn't the famous Ravensbrook uh, concentration camp, which yeah. was no easy place to be, yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, and she made her way back to Scotland, and it was yeah. her brother who, who who nursed her back to health. It's just, it's a gorgeous, it's it's a beautifully written uh, piece uh, uh, as well. Now the other, um, there's like a host of of well known uh, personalities. Uh, talk to me about the Cafe Queen, uh, Mary <laughs> Ma- Mary Rose O'Donovan. Uh, uh, Mary Rose is one of the few people in the whole of Cork County that you don't even have to mention her surname. Yeah, Mary when Rose. Mean, when you mention Mary Rose, everybody knows who Mary Rose was. Mary Rose was an enigma, actually. She's ahead of her time. She was the lady that started the coffee shop. And it wasn't, there was, I think, two other coffee shops in Cork City. She started in the Savoy. And people thought she was stone raving mad. <laughs> it's not just a coffee shop, because it was unheard of. But she went on to develop coffee shops in the Queen's Old Castle. And she went on to Limerick, Galway, Dublin. She's a famous uh, coffee shop, as you know, in, in Powers Court. And she had all the, the rich and the famous and the, uh, visiting her. And um, she went on to set up a, a beautiful coffee shop in Manchester. Mm. And in actual fact, um, uh, unfortunately for, for Mary Rose, um, it, was, um, it was in the Royal Exchange building, which was later destroyed by an, an IRA bomb. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But Mary Rose just had the, uh, if you excuse the pun, but she had the the right recipe for success because she just was a hard, hard worker. Still is, let me tell you. She still helps her daughter Orla uh, and she has, they have outlets still in, in, um, in Clannacilty, in the Fig and Olive and in, in Carrigaline. But she, 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 she's a very, very hard grafter. But apart from that, music is very important to her and um, she's well known for uh, give you a lesson to piano <laughs> at, 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 at events. But this story, which was written by Tricia Tyson, is a very extensive story. It's, it really traces her life right through from her early years in, in Dublin uh, to finish up here in West Cork uh, with some lovely photographs, actually, of of um, of her and her family. Yeah, great, uh, great, you know? great yeah. entrepreneur, and, and as you say, ahead of her time. Oh, quite um, long odds, uh, uh, really. And actually, it's 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 Trisha Tyson as well wrote the next piece that that caught my eye. This is the famous musical uh, character whose uh, whose music actually ended up in space. I, lo- <laughs> I love this story. This is Kinsale's Ollie O'Regan. That's right. Anyone that knows Ollie knows he's, he's just a great, great character, and uh, he built up a relationship, actually, a friendship with him. With, this, uh, with the astronaut Dan Tanny, who comes to Kinsale quite regularly. He's, he's married to Jane Egan from Kinsale. And uh, they got married in Glendore, and the following night, they had a, a party in the Spaniards, and natural gas were playing. Uh, and Ali gave a song, uh, Fluter on the Moon was the name of it, but he later changed it. <laughs> Dan asked him, could he ever, could he ever um, send on a copy of it? So he changed the words to um, Flying to the Moon. And similarly, uh, the um, different astronauts, they look for music to, to wake, wake up calls uh, at the NASA station. And um, so um, eventually Ollie's song reached space 
and used by the astronaut to wake wake him up in the morning. Well, incredible, isn't uh, yeah. that? And if you think about it, rather than having an alarm, <laughs> you know, a ringing alarm bell go go off, they have a song instead. It's fantastic. It's well, a, he was an exquisite company. Bing Crosby, I think, was there as well, and the Beatles. But um, uh, Dan actually sang uh, for Ali uh, at one stage with a live link up between Black Rocks uh, Conservatory in Cork and the space station. And that was, that was broadcast live action on Sky News and an RTE, you know. So um, he's a great, great character. He usually spins Lanzarote in, um, uh, spins Christmas in Lanzarote where he entertains the holidaymakers. Not this year. Locals, but I'd say not this year. Not, not this year. <laughs> and there's a most wonderful photograph of a very young Ollie with um, the, the one and only, the late great Brendan Boyer. Brendan Boyer. In actual fact, that was the catalyst for the story because uh, when Brendan died, uh, Trisha became aware of the fact that, um, that Ollie uh, uh, had a great friendship with Brendan and there was a photograph there so that's what actually originally led to us going down this route to include it in the in the annual, you know. Yeah, it, it's like of course it's an, an an era where you didn't have where you didn't take selfies, but you know the way now somebody would have their phone with them to take a picture, whereas yeah. he just happened to be at the right place at the right exactly. time. It's great, but it's just it's it's Ollie's face in the photograph. He was just like he'd met his hero. He you could just <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's just brilliant. Actually, he's he's exuberant looking. It's an yeah. incredible photograph. Yeah. It, it really is. I love the story as well about this skull octogenarian John Norris. Now, yeah. a life well lived as a, a fisherman, um, but doing the the, the, the the calves week. Yes, like an incredible man, John, lovely popular man in the skull. And John was fishing all his life until he retired. And then um, a good friend of his, Michael Murphy, uh, Michael invited him out on, on his yacht there. Not this year because calves week was, was cancelled this year due to COVID. But last year he um, he participated and he became uh, quite a success uh, inside in, in in Michael's yacht. And um, the thing about it is that it, it's it's quite unusual for a person that has been fishing all their lives out in in trawlers to take up um, a more refined uh, nautical activity as yachting and sailing. But John mastered it very very well, and. Um, um, Michael brought him on board his Shelley D, uh, a lovely yacht that he owns in Skull. And um, John is raring to go again to his garden. Well done. Well, well done. Many more years of, of sailing uh, yeah. uh, for him. And then, of course, people of a certain generation, Eddie, will remember the uh, fair days. Yeah. Nearly every town. Did nearly every town and village have one? They, they did. And I, I, I was working the story for a few years, to be honest, which I wanted. I didn't want to run the story until I had a, a real complement of photographs to, to reflect the scale of the fair days. And um, I, I completed what I thought was my, 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 my list there just by pure chance before Christmas, uh, or back in November when I got a photograph of Timmy Lee, which was a really lovely, lovely photograph uh, of the fair there in Abbey Street. But if you look at that article, we have um, we have photographs of Don Manway, Fair Day, Ross Carberry, um, Clannie Kilty, Bandon, um, Kinsale, as I say. There's quite a, quite a, quite a good uh, they're range. They're brilliant. They're, br- they're of, brilliant of, for and photographs. Lovely, and they're all... Um, 
they're all very good quality photographs, you know. I and, loved and, uh, the one in Bandon. Um, it's at uh, is this at George, uh, George Street at uh, that stage? Uh, the vibrant market was a regular feature. It was in the Rossa Street. Oh, sorry, it's Clan. That's Clan. It's Clan. Actually, yeah. But it's the women with the, the shawls. The shawls. Yeah. The black shawls. It's lovely, actually. It, yeah. Uh, it's just taken there at the confluence of um, of Kent Street and, and Connolly Street and Rossa Street, and that that area with the on the right it was a, a market stall. Uh, the, the fire service have uh, have been there up to view, and they are they're about to move, and that whole area is going to be redeveloped again uh, to to reflect the, the the new era that we're in, I suppose. But um, but those photographs actually are lovely. I think, as you you, you just pointed out, it just doesn't give you an idea about what was selling. For example, like in in the one in, in Timber League. The pigs were sold down by the abbey, and the cattle were sold on the street. There was, you know, there was demarcated areas for specific um, animals uh, to be sold. But I think what it also reflects is the the, the fashion of the day, yeah. uh, the, the, the style of building, and there's a huge amount to be seen. I think. But even and, if you look at the men all in their suits, yes, beautifully dressed, yeah, like very well attired, and and. Uh, you also noticed the one in, in, in they all wore either hats or yeah. caps. Yeah, the, the flat caps. You know, the flat caps. It's, flat it's cap gorgeous, and it's it's a lovely article. Yeah. Uh, and you tie in the fact that okay, this is from you know a bygone uh, era. But look at the proliferation of farmers markets today. I mean, only a couple right. of minutes ago, I was mentioning a Christmas market that's going on in, in Formoy tomorrow, and they've proved hugely successful. Hugely we're we're successful. going back to our roots. Yes, absolutely. But I think you're going to see more of it because. Yeah. I think COVID-19 has brought us all back to to earth a small bit. And, you know, all of a sudden, I think the world feels very vulnerable. And people, I think, are going to um, respect and, and embrace the, the simple things in life, you know. Mm. And and, and uh, I think Brexit's going to be a rude awakening as well. Well, Brexit is going to have serious implications, whether there's a deal or not. Yeah. I think Brexit is going to change the whole... Like, it's as if we're getting... Um, a hurricane hitting us from all angles yeah, at the moment yeah. and the news in England at the weekend hasn't helped the situation either, you know. Yeah, it's a storm we all have to weather together and we'll weather it together by sticking locally and Please. by, by, by looking Please. after each other. Okay, yeah. it's it, and of course, as always with the Opinions Annual, you've got all the usual competitions. Yes, well, they've been coming in by their hundreds, to be honest. <laughs> I'd love to give everybody a prize, but unfortunately I can't. More than previous years? It's incredible. Yes. Incredible. Like, we, like again, like we just think back and say, you know, we usually plan the Christmas annual around July, August. But like uh, when I think back in July, August this time, we we didn't know where we were going, and then all of a sudden we look at the competition results and we say, "Thanks be to God, we did go ahead with it." It's brought so much pleasure to people, and and um, it's and a lot of people buy it and they don't open it until Christmas Day. You know, mm. they just won't open it. So we know a lot of our readers that they haven't seen it at all yet. Uh, but they will, please God, be having um, an enjoyable read over the Christmas. So, um, yeah, there's a nice variety. I'd have to say myself, and I, I, it's just that I just have to acknowledge all the team that have been involved with with us, with a great team here in the office and a great team of writers. And uh, Trisha Joyce in particular wrote some, some extensive articles. And um, it's, a, it's been a team effort. And, and, and as I say, the whole thing as well about it is that for the first time ever, we we p- p- promoted shopping locally in West Cork on our cover 
and we gave over a half page on page um, two to shop local with photographs of the main towns of West Cork, Bandon, County, Kilty, Skibreen, Bantry, Dumnanma, and Kinsale. And we exhorted people this year to stay local because really, and to be very conscious of shopping online. If you do shop online, to shop locally online because never before was there such a need to support local businesses. Well said, well said. You know? And my favourite photograph has got to be the winter scene of Gugambara on the on page three. It's gorgeous. Oh, oh. Really, uh, gorgeous. I uh, want you to jump into it. It's just beautiful. It's, well, it's just very beautiful. peaceful and it's, uh, it's, it's very reflective. And um, that, that, that's a Tony O'Connell photograph, actually, uh, Tony's well known for his photographs. So no, tell him congratulations. It's, it's, it's glorious. Listen, it's, it's another bumper, fantastic edition and well done to you and everybody in, involved in the incredible year that we have had. And, and well it's, done it's, to Patricia for a fantastic year. You have done to We've been there well, it's been a, it's been a tough year. We'll all be glad yeah. to see the back of it. I tell you that. So, and it's still on sale. The opinion, it's, oh, as yes. I say, it's, it's, there are limited numbers left. But okay, there, yeah. okay, and they're on sale throughout West Cork. They are all okay. over West Cork. Yeah. Listen, happy Christmas, Jedi. And many happy returns, Patricia. And Thank you very much. We'll talk in the new year. God okay, bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Eddie Gargan, who is the editor of the Opinion Christmas Annual Limited editions left on sale locally throughout West Cork. 1850-333-103. Bernie's taking your calls uh, today. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103. Now, a local mum of three who's also a Reiki master and a mindfulness teacher has just produced a simply gorgeous book called Bella the Butterfly, which contains mindfulness adventures for children. Belinda Murphy from Liscarroll joins me to talk about her book. Good morning to you, Belinda. Good morning, Patricia. Goodness, but this is a beautiful book. It just oh, jumped. It just jumped <laughs> out of me when when it landed on on my desk. Take me back. How was Bella the butterfly born? Oh, it's a long story, <laughs> like anything. Um, in 2012, I was studying to become a Reiki master teacher, and part of the um, it was a 12 month program. And every time I came home from class, my two boys were only four and five. Or there were three and four actually at the time. They were asking me what I learned. I suppose I was coming back so happy. <laughs> or where where was I all day? So I started to explain everything I was learning in their language, which was, um, oh, look, it was to do with chakras, auras, meditation, and, and it was all new to us. It was a new language. Um, and one day I was driving home from class and these words started coming to me. And I, I did, I was tasked with the job of coming up with a meditation for adults. But all that I could come up with was Bella the Butterfly. It was totally targeted for children. So I sat down about two days later at the kitchen table with blank page and pen. And I was like, oh, please let the words come back to me. And they just did. Um, They didn't feel like mine. They felt like they came from someplace else. Um, Start to finish 13 verses. Didn't stop, didn't pause, didn't check for a rhyme. Um, And I put down the pen at the end. I was like, oh, wow. Um, it didn't feel like mine. So I felt I've been entrusted with these words to spread them. Um, so at the time, I did a recording. I did a voice recording, which has been available on Spotify for free since 2012 um, and on iTunes. But I always knew it had to be visual. It had to be a book. It had to be something that parents would read or people that teach children or that um, mind children or care for them have with their children. Um, so... Yeah, so I suppose everything changed in 2012 for, or 2020 for everybody. 
Um, I felt like I was cocooning myself for the last few years anyway. Um, 80% of my business had been in the corporate wellness area and 20% was uh, mindfulness programs that I was doing with kids in schools, after schools, preschools, that kind of stuff. But um, back in March this year, all the corporate work just stopped. And I was at home with three kids, homeschooling like loads of other people. And I just, um, the mindfulness work that I was doing, I have a four-year-old little girl um, with her. I just felt like, do you know what? We could nearly share this now and see um, if we can help some people. Because I was doing it anyway with her. And, and, and she loves the camera. So every once a week, I would just do a little recording of just either meditation, breathing work, um, mindful activities, whatever we were at, and shared it. And did it continuously from March to August. And the traction was huge. Um, I've always been doing this. My older boys are 14 and 12. I've always done this. Um, I suppose mindfulness has just got the name at the moment, but it's something that I've um, used with my own children. And, and what, what age do you believe children can start to learn mindfulness? Oh, as early as possible. Like... Um, it depends on their developmental stage. Yeah, but each, you can every start, child is different. They're yeah. all different. Um, you can start so simple, um, even just grounding exercises outside, touching the grass, feeling the trees, smelling the flowers, slowing down, but for the parent to slow down with them. And in that space, just stay connected. If it's only for a few seconds, that's mindfulness. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not sitting um, in a Buddhist temple, you know, doing all your alms and everything. That's not daily mindfulness. It's just being present and yeah, it's just being yeah, present yeah. together. And children today mm-hmm. need to be present, uh, present and need yes. their parents to be present yes. with them. I mean, only yeah. last week I did an interview on the increase in anxiety in primary school children. That really saddened me that we have so many yeah. young children suffering with anxiety. This it's is something huge. that can help those children. Yeah, it's huge. Like anxiety, stress levels of all ages of kids. It's on the rise. And um, no matter how much you try and shield children from what's going on at the moment and has been going on in the last number of months, they will feel it. They will feel it off other people. They'll sense it, you know, from their school, even though, you know, you can kind of shield them. And there's a certain level of anxiety that they pick up from that as well, on top of what they n- might normally have or might have at home. You just don't know what's actually going on. So instilling little simple tools like breathing, like just grounding themselves, like them being aware of what's going on for them in that moment um, at a very, very young age, even before they start learning ABCs and one, two, threes. This is my fundamental thing, that in the preschools, um, when they're two and three years old, to start teaching them these little tools. And they get it. They love it. Putting on a little meditation at night time, it, it need only be one minute, two minutes. I've, I've audio recordings done as well. And even just having those on at night time just to soothe them before bedtime. Yeah, yeah. When the mind starts racing and wandering and they're kind of going over everything that happened that day and then they're getting extra anxious all over again and then there's nightmares and everything else. So just put one on and even if they don't hear the words properly, it soothes them. It's the, cal- the, it's the calmness Absolutely. of it all. But exactly. it's the what's brilliant about this book and it's got the little elves uh, on each page <laughs> showing you the positions for, for Reiki, which, which I loved. But it's the colours and the drawings yeah in the book I mean they're just simply stunning they, I, yeah, they jump out at, at tell me about the illustrator she's oh, is Romanian I, is it yes I love her I love her so much so Romina Petra um, has been a, a true find for me I the reason the book has taken so long is for many reasons and one of the main reasons is because I was waiting for the right person to do the pictures I've had these images in my head and as I said to you I felt like these words were entrusted to me 
So I couldn't just throw them out there. I felt I needed the right um, images. And I had gone through a lot of illustrators in the past few years and I just wasn't happy. So when I did come across Romina, um, as recommended by a friend, I was just blown away. Um, she is. She just gets it. She just understands what's in my head. I can give her a brief um, and she will just come up with the most amazing images. And it's like she can see inside my head, which is a scary place to be. But I'm just saying, she's just amazing. So yeah. I'm delighted with her. It's like, brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Where and uh, So where is it on sale locally? Um, it's it's on sale on Amazon. Everything is online. Well, it's on Amazon. Okay, so it's, it's so it's Amazon. not available in the shops. No, it's no. not. No. Okay. So it's it's um, just search for Bella the Butterfly and Belinda Murphy on Amazon. I'm on social media on Instagram and Facebook. It's Bella the Butterfly Love. I also share free um, mindfulness resources for people who work with kids on a Facebook group called Bella the Butterfly Club. You can check for that. And the website is nearly ready. It's like nearly there. It's belladebutterfly.ie. You can go in and check it up. And uh, there will be um, audio meditations for kids there for sale as well. Will there oh, be? And there's also, sorry, just to say, there's also a colouring book <laughs> okay. for will... kids to do their mindfulness. Yeah. Will there be another book? Yes, it's being drawn at the moment. Is it? Is yeah, it's, it's going to be stunning. <laughs> well, this is gorgeous. It really is Thank lovely. You. Bella the Butterfly, Mindfulness Adventures for Children. And God knows, we, for adults as well. You can. That's the one thing I thought when, when I sat down and read it. Uh, it like, well, it's, it's aimed at children. Yeah. Adults who've never done mindfulness, I don't know little or nothing about Reiki, will, will learn from this as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like I'm not just saying that, but it, it is. It is meant to be um, like a work that you work through yourselves, yeah. and for parents or for adults to do with the children together. Well, good luck with Bella Thank the butterfly, you. and have a happy Christmas, Belinda. And thanks a million for joining us. Thank you so much for your time. Patricia. No problem. Good morning to you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. It is Belinda Murphy from uh, Liscarroll talking about Bella the butterfly online. If you want to get your hands on that, eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Always trying to help out listeners. Somebody says, can anybody tell uh, where I, if raspberry cordial? can be got anywhere in West Cork. It was always part of Christmas growing up, says this listener. Raspberry cordial. I don't know if I've ever come across raspberry cordial. Let's put the shout out in West Cork. This person's in the West Cork area and we want them shopping locally. So has anybody spotted raspberry cordial? Are aware if you've bought it, where can it be purchased uh, in West Cork, please? 1850 333 103. The raspberry cordial. Everybody's saying, ah, Trish, it's a Cork thing. It's like the spice beef or Raza. And Liz says Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without raspberry cordial. I remember that as a child. But the question is, is it still available for sale today and particularly in the West Cork area? Does anybody know where our listener can get raspberry cordial in West Cork? That's the question we were, that's the task we're setting you today. If you spotted it, if you were out shopping or you're, you're working in a shop, a shop owner and you have raspberry cordial on sale, can you let us know uh, please we have a listener who'd love to get in and, and get some. 1850 The phone lines have been particularly busy today so please bear with Bernie because she's taking the calls on her own. You can text her WhatsApp though to 0862 
103103. And I started the programme this morning by uh, talking about uh, a lady, one of our listeners, we just said the North Cork area, we didn't want to give any more information than that, who has been through a really, really tough year at the hands of an abusive husband, but it came to an end, thankfully, in August when she got this man uh, to leave the, the home. But before he left, he destroyed, smashed up stuff around the house and she got bits and pieces sorted out and I know the Society of Vincent de Paul she said were particularly good to her and, and she got her life back as best she could and then she went up into the attic to get the stuff out for Christmas to discover that before he had left he'd also gone up into the attic and he had destroyed a lot of her Christmas bits and pieces you know the stuff that you put away from one year to the next but what was utterly heartbreaking for her was that she has a crib that was made by her hus- her brother 20 years ago and he smashed up all the figurines inside in it and she's financially not in a position to be able to just go out and buy new figurines for the crib so she asked us if we could put it out if anybody had a spare set of crib figures that they'd be willing to uh, pass on uh, to her she also has a special needs child so she can't leave the house so we were trying to find somebody in the North Cork area close enough that we could get to her anyway uh, a lady I don't know if we're naming the lady at all uh, has has arrived to the studio <laughs> with a hamper of Christmas things for this lady and now we're organising getting it which we've been back on to the lady in question who was looking for the items to see she as a family member can call in uh, to collect it but I just want to acknowledge a lot of people jumped in straight away with offers of fi- figures for the crib but this one person has arrived out to the studio has gone above and beyond uh, her kindness so just to acknowledge it and again it's the it's the kindness of strangers these are two women who will never come in contact with each other one won't even know who the other one is and she just heard us talk about it and it put together this gorgeous hamper of Christmas things for her so just to say that thank you because we've been getting calls all morning saying do we get sorted with the crib figures we got sorted with the crib figures and way way more as well so thank you kindness of people it just astounds me it just always always astounds me okay and we're trying to uh, find on a lighter note for one of our listeners is looking for raspberry cordial as the raspberry cordial the raza that she used to have as a child in the West Cork area somebody says raspberry cordial is available in O'Donovan's in Bandon Mike says he got raspberry cordial in fields in Skipperine but that was last year so he doesn't know if it's available this year and then Mary and Kerry contacted us and she said she got raspberry cordial in Duns but she said just to let the lady know it's not the same as it used to be but I wonder is it the same but it's just that our taste buds have changed and something that had a memory of childhood doesn't taste the same when we're adults I wonder is that or has the ingredients uh, changed but anyway there's some suggestions for our listener in West Cork who wants to buy raspberry cordial. And then Carmel was on to us from Cork City. She's in a bit of a pickle and is looking for help. She needs to get, she's had a back injury, God help her. And she needs to get what's, it's some kind of a back aid. It's in Galway. She needs to get it to Cork City. So what she needs is a man with a van who could bring it from Galway to Cork City and deliver it to her, uh, please. Willing to pay, obviously. So she's putting the shout out. Is there any man with a van available? And God with the time of the year and with deliveries and couriers and everybody else working, everybody's just working flat out at the moment. So it is a little bit of a long shot, but there may be somebody obliging, somebody who has a van, is free the next couple of days, might be off this side of Christmas, might be off just after Christmas and would be willing to make this trip to Galway to bring this back aid. I don't know what size it is, but it needs a van to transport it. And we have Carmel in the city. We have her contact details. If anybody contacts us or if you know of 
a man with a van. But as I say, Carmel is willing to pay the person. So if you can contact us on that, please, 1850 333 103. And Marie in Formoy was on, is trying to get her hands on to buy a copy of Dr. Luke O'Neill's new book Never Mind the I'm not going to say the words because even if you've seen a copy of Dr. Luke O'Neill's book he even has the two O's in the B words that he, he uses it's a, it's, a, it's a science book but it's put into layman's terms he grapples with some of the biggest questions and tells the science behind it uh, things like you know do we have control over our lives why we need to, to vaccinate our children must we vaccinate vaccinate our children are men and women's brains different will we destroy the planet and he's got the science and he breaks down the science behind it and of course Dr Luke O'Neill who I have to say uh, I love when he appears on TV because he's the happiest smiliest of all of the professors who they roll out with expert advice and do you know what I love about I'm not knocking any of the other Neffet or any of the other professors and scientists that come out to give us advice on Covid Professor Luke O'Neill always seems to to put a positive spin on everything no matter how bad the news is he'll always say ah but there's a but and he'll put a little bit of positivity into it and that's what I love about him and I'm assuming that that's what his book is full of as well it is anyway Marie contacted us to say she's trying to buy a copy of the book and wherever she's been it's sold sold out It, it is proven really popular I know it was well up on the best seller list early on in, in November and, and into uh, December. So Maria's in the Fomoy area. Has anybody spotted Dr. Luke O'Neill's new book, The Yellow Cover, Never Mind That Bees? Has anybody spotted that on sale, please? Ideally in the Fomoy area, but I suppose at this stage Marie would even travel a little bit if needs to be because she's trying to buy a copy of the book. So any bookshop listening, 1850-333-103. And poor old Michelle is heartbroken in uh, Dunamore last Tuesday. Her two German shepherd dogs went missing. It's a male and a female. She said the family are absolutely heartbroken. They're two much loved uh, pets. They've put photographs up on social media. They've contacted all the lost and found. And, you know, they, there's some really good lost and found Facebook pages uh, for dogs that they operate around the country. She's contacted the helplines and no luck. So she's asking us if we can put it out if anybody has spotted and, and I'm assuming she's done the highways and byways have done more so they're not locally and your heart would sink and you'd, you'd be fearful wouldn't you that these dogs have been stolen God we've seen so many dogs stolen this year and the utter devastation that's left behind when a much loved pet goes uh, missing is shocking uh, Michelle, we've done the shout out if anybody has spotted male and a female German Shepherd. Uh, give us a call. We've got Michelle's details here. 1850-333-103. Back to a lot of your texts coming in that I didn't catch up with. OK, can I do the boned and rolled turkeys for a moment, please? This was the listener who contacted us who is just considering doing a boned and rolled turkey. And I'm assuming by the thrust of her text never done it before and is wondering does it take as long to cook is it as nice and all of that and it it cooks quicker because obviously you're taking the bone out of it but the cooking time is the exact same you weigh it and it's the 20 minutes to the pound isn't it and 20 minutes uh, thereafter okay some of your thoughts coming in on that breathe in Mallow said boned and rolled turkey only way to go best thing that Breathe and Man <laughs> says has ever happened to turkey it cooks far easier and it carves way easier as well so Breda in Mallow is a big big fan of the boned and rolled some of your whatsapps coming in I've cooked boned and rolled 
I cooked a boned and rolled turkey one year, but I only did it for one year only. I felt the flavour was not the same. For easy carving, get the wishbone out and get the legs bone stuffed and rolled. That makes it easy for cooking and also for carving, says one of our listeners. Also coming in on the boned and rolled... Hi, I've been cooking Christmas dinner for 50 years, says Susan. I only once used a boned and rolled. You can't beat cooking the full turkey, says Susan. Happy Christmas to you, Susan. And then a listener says, boned and rolled turkey. Yeah, it's the way to go. You can actually get your turkey and give it into the butcher and they charge in, in Super Value and Carrigaline. The listener says they charge seven fifty and they do the boning and the rolling for you. You can go into other butcher shops and they'll have it boned and rolled for you. So there's somebody who is an advocate of boned and rolled and there was also some texts in I think on this one as well there was Eileen de Clonacilty this morning Patricia regarding boned and rolled turkeys for Christmas I always bought a whole turkey and I thought that was the way to go but in recent years I've ordered boned and rolled turkeys and I'm keeping this for the future no waste there's no mess they're easier to cook take up less space in the oven uh, and they're also an interesting point less dangerous for older people trying to take it in and out of the oven you know the way you base the turkey because you still do all the same things uh, with it and if you have a very heavy turkey you know all the juices flow out that tray can get really really heavy whereas when it's boned and rolled it will be lighter and Eileen accepts yes you don't get the crispy skin that you would get with a normal turkey but She's a solution for that. Eileen says, we put smoked streaky rashers and real creamy butter on top and all over the turkey. And we really do enjoy it just the same as the whole turkey. Hope you and everyone at C103 have a safe and enjoyable Christmas, kind regards. And many happy returns to you, Eileen. And you make your turkey sound delicious and mouth-watering. So there you go. That's the advice coming in. Split down the middle, I think. There are advocates who go for it and they swear they will never, ever go back. And one final one. I cooked turkey boned and rolled one year, but no, didn't like it. Didn't feel the fa- flavour was the same. So there's four and against it. What I would suggest, what I I would suggest the original listener who contacted us asking us this what I would suggest you do is give it a go for one year and then come back and let us know you could be one of the ones that's going to be like Eileen and Clan. you'll do it once and you'll never go back or maybe you'll be the others who, who felt no I'll, I'll do it the old uh, traditional way let us know uh, how you how you got on OK some more texts and by the way you can get if you've got a question for Annalise Frisell it is Monday so we will be we're taking your nutritional questions you can ring Bernie at 1850 333 or you can text or WhatsApp your question to me at 0862 Jerry says hi Patricia just say well done on your tribute to Sean Donnell last uh, Friday it was great to hear his dedication to Irish musicians and singers being rewarded happy Christmas to everyone at C103 and thank you for a great programme every day um, so I, thank you Jerry. that's very, uh, really kind of you and you know and actually because I signed off at the end of our tribute to uh, Sean on Friday so I didn't get the chance to reflect on it until I came off air and it was just gorgeous it was just lovely to have him in studio and we knew that his retirement was coming up and we just didn't want to let the moment pass without just honouring him in some way and he's such a lovely kind-hearted gorgeous man and I'm honoured I'm absolutely honoured that I've had the privilege of working uh, with him and obviously I would know him then on, on a different level as, as my work uh, colleague but I actually class him as a very good friend uh, of mine and I know Brendan my husband would, would say the same thing he's just an, an adorable an adorable human being and we absolutely adore him here at C103 and uh, we, we won't say we'll miss him because we're not he'll, we, we are going to keep in contact uh, with him and please God when this mad mad world of 
COVID goes away we'll be able to get out and have a nice meal with him and celebrate his retirement in, in style but he's, he's a gorgeous gorgeous uh, man and there was such an outpouring of love I have to say in texts and WhatsApps and calls uh, to the programme and I, I didn't get through a fraction of them and my apologies to you if you were one of the ones that sent in messages to Sean I hadn't if I was if I'd stayed on until midnight, I don't think I, got, I could have got through all the calls and uh, texts showing the high esteem that Sean Dodden has been uh, held in. So once again, we wish uh, Sean and uh, Magella and the rest of Sean's family all the best. And we hope that he has a wonderful and a long, a really long, gorgeous retirement. 1850 Bernie. Taking your calls uh, this morning, you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. And a reminder that this year, Michael and Chrissy O'Bahany Kilbarry West in Dunmanway, they're donating the proceeds of their Christmas lights to the West Cork Rapid Response and Co-Action in Dunmanway. Ballygarvin Camogie Club, they're calling on people to support their amazing girls from under six to seniors and their coaches by buying a ticket for the Ballygarvin Camogie Club Christmas Draw. You can look at the prizes and buy your tickets through a link on the Ballygarvin Camogie Club Facebook page. And the annual Myrtleville Christmas Swim in aid of the Mercy Kids and Teens appeal obviously can't go ahead uh, this year as normal, but organisers are asking swimmers to take a frosty dip anytime between now and December 24th and then simply donate online video and photographs can be shared on Instagram at the Danny Crowley Swim. C103. And to quickly catch up on some of your calls and texts in today, somebody was on earlier to say, Patricia, would you please congratulate and say thanks to the group from Ahiol who organised the tractor run last Saturday night. It gave a lift to the entire community. Well done. And it's great to see some groups like that are getting together just trying to do something to make Christmas a little bit more normal and a little bit like the Christmases we've had before and the Christmases we will have again in the future that's what we've got to keep in our heart this is just one year we'll be we'll, this time next year we'll be looking back saying God we ever forget the Christmases of uh, 2020 and I know there are communities doing Santa runs as well for, for the kiddies because they're really missing out this year on the, the Santa Claus as well so well done to everybody in Ahiol who organised that uh, tractor run and Alan and Bally know was on to say he didn't get his double week social welfare payment for Christmas and he's wondering what happened and why didn't he get it. Well the reason you didn't get it Alan is it's not being paid until this week. This isn't the, the the bonus one was given out earlier in December but there will be a double week paid for everyone on social welfare and the double week gets paid this week kicking off from today Monday the 21st so whatever day you normally get paid you'll get an extra week in advance so you're getting this week's money and next week's uh, money so that's why you didn't get it last Last week, Alan, and I know some people felt that it should have been paid out last week instead, but it would have caused complications for the week after with New Year's Day being on a Friday and some people pick their pensions up on a Friday. So it's this week. It's this week, um, Alan. You haven't been forgotten about. You will get a double week, but then you won't be picking up anything for uh, next week. Now, some of your texts and WhatsApps uh, coming in. Hi, uh, Patricia, when you're talking about flights, have do you know what's happening with the flights uh, in and out of Cork to Amsterdam have they been affected the reason we're asking is we have to take a flight after Christmas for medical reasons and we're worried okay I've do, I've checked in with uh, with Cork Airport online actually the only flight that I can see in and out of Cork Airport today is the Amsterdam one the flights that have been banned in and out of Ireland are just in and out of the UK for example here in Cork there was a flight 
due from in and out of Stansted and in and out of Heathrow. There was a couple, I think there was two in and out of Heathrow today. They've all been cancelled, but it's only flights in and out of the UK. So you'll be fine if you've got a flight booked at the moment. Anyway, everything is going. The flights to other parts of Europe are, are running as normal for now. I think the flights from Amsterdam into the UK, I think, were banned, but certainly in and out of Cork, uh, you're OK. Uh, and good luck with your, whatever the, you're, from, you're going for medical reasons. We wish you luck with it. Hi, Patricia. All this closing of airports and ferries should have been done back in March. Is it not a little bit late now, three days before Christmas? And I think that's what's catching a number of people. It's the fact that plans had been made and suddenly plans have been turned up, uh, have been turned on their head. Hi, Patricia. Is there a name on this? No, I have not seen my brother and his family since May of 2019. They're living in the United Kingdom. I've had a tough year last year going through cancer. And I was really looking forward to spending Christmas with them this year. But due to COVID, this, of course, is just not not possible. As my brother and I said, there will be many other years. I will be on my own for Christmas and I don't mind as we'll FaceTime on, on the day. And I know it's not the same, but I'd rather that than take any kind of a risk. I feel all travel should be suspended until we are 100% sure. My concern is for the many, not for the few. We owe it to ourselves to be sure we don't face another year of COVID. How right uh, you are and can I wish you a happy and a peaceful Christmas and hopefully your day where, where it'll be much quieter day than normal. I hope it passes off really nice uh, for you. Good health uh, to you as well. Hi Trish, talking on the, this is from Sheila, talking on the travel. I live in Mallow but I'm originally from West Cork. I'm a West Cork native. I used to love going down home every four to five weeks before this virus arrived on our, our shores uh, and even since we've been allowed to travel within our, my, our own county, I still won't go back down to West Cork, even just to stay alone to my family from a distance because I know it'll be so heartbreaking for me and for them not to be able to sit and hug and be like we were in times past even now at Christmas I'd be down there for a few days before the big day pulling reeds and visiting the graves but for me I'll have plenty time please God in the future to join with all of my family especially my dad who was in hospital for six months and only came home last Wednesday we'll have plenty of time in the future to meet up and carry on as if this virus never existed so long as we all have our health and we have each other safe and well so I can't understand when I hear people wanting to travel and have these big family gatherings at Christmas it's hard for sure but it's the safest thing to do I hope you and all stay safe and have a lovely Christmas that's from Sheila many happy returns to you Sheila and what a sensible approach if we could all be like you, Sheila, and the previous texter, just seeing the bigger picture. It's one day, it's one Christmas, and we give up this Christmas. So please God that we can have many more uh, together. And another listener says, I 100% agree with one of your previous callers who said that the border with Northern Ireland is too free. It needs to be shut. It seems that Arlene Foster intends doing the total opposite to whatever the Irish government decides to do. And she seems to do it on every opportunity during this pandemic. So we have no choice. I've heard of several people intending flying from the UK and going into the north and then driving down south. It's a disgrace and something needs to be done about it. And on pubs, the listener says, before the epidemic, many pubs were on their knees. It is so difficult to admit that the days of the pubs, it's almost like they've finished. For the past couple of weeks, most of the major supermarkets are selling drink at giveaway prices. Nobody seems to be saying a word about it. If you or me had a business that was failing, we'd be looking at other uh, options. Very few people will have sympathy for those uh, publicans.
Yeah, but I do have sympathy. You know, the smaller rural ones, and like even listening to Michael O'Donovan today, and he knows of two, he's not saying where, business, small pubs that have decided to close. The small ones and the little, you know, the rural ones in the villages and, and the towns, they never made a lot of money. They made a living. They just about made a living out of it. But it's just, it's the social aspect when we are back to normal. It's the social aspect of when they're gone. It's the knock-on effect to local communities. It is going to be absolutely huge. 1850 Somebody, hi, were you looking for somebody to transport an item? We were, we were. We are looking for, it's one of our listeners in the city, Carmel in Cork City, is looking for somebody to go from Galway to Cork. Can you help us out? Uh, it's, she needs a man with a van is what she's looking for. If you can, if you can help us with that, if you want to contact us or yeah, I'll get Bernie when the phone line's quietened down a bit to give you a call just to see if you can uh, help us out. On Luke O'Neill's book, hi Patricia, Luke O'Neill's book is in Bandon Books in uh, Bandon. Okay, if that's of any use to... There's so many calls coming in. Where did the where was the listener who was looking for Luke O'Neill's uh, book? If I can find uh, that one, I can't uh, now. But anyway, Bandon Books uh, have it in uh, at the moment. If that's of oh, Marie is in for Moy. I don't know if Marie is willing to travel to Bandon, but Bandon Books have it in, and Marie was in for Moy. But thank you to the listener for that. And here's one that I'm kind of perplexed with, and I don't know if this has happened to many other people. My son and his girlfriend went to a gastro pub on Saturday night for a meal. They had a table booked for six thirty, but the manager came over to them at about ten past seven and told them they'd have to leave. The manager explained, "Sorry about this now, but we've double booked the table." Uh, that I felt that that was wasn't fair. Surely they should have been allowed uh, to stay. That seems... Well, what seems strange, and I accept that double booking obviously does happen, but what what I find really strange about that was they left your son and his girlfriend sit down for 40 minutes. I'm assuming they'd had their first drink and had was already... If they hadn't ordered the meal, they certainly were looking at the menu. That seems really bizarre. And if it was double booked, surely you could argue, well, I got here first. You know, I'm on the seat. That seems very strange. I certainly haven't heard it. That's not to say that it isn't happening in other places. I have heard of like restaurants are very big, busy and gastropubs are very busy at the moment. But I did hear that there was some cancellations across this weekend, particularly when Tony Houlihan came out and said, keep away from restaurants and gastropubs. I have heard of uh, people cancelling. But no, I haven't heard of somebody being told 40 minutes after they arrive and are sitting down at the table to be told, finish up there. And, and did they charge them for the drink that they had, I wonder? 1850 333103. And just a final one from uh, Bernie and Balanine. Hi, Patricia. I would like to reiterate my thanks and best wishes for Sean Donnan on his retirement. What a wonderful man on the radio. His voice was so lilting to all of those who loved uh, listening. Um, you could pop in any time and give your uh, requests. Uh, he was a great man. That's from uh, Bernie in uh, Ballinine. Thank you for that, Bernie. OK, let's take a break and let's get Annalise Drussell, a nutritional therapist, uh, to join us. And this will be our final chat with Annalise for uh, 2020. So still time, if you've got a question for Annalise, you either ring Bernie at 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp me to 0862-103-103. C103. And our last nutritional slot of 2020, Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolic joins me. Good afternoon, Annalise. Afternoon, Patricia. I have a feeling a lot of people will be glad to see the back of 2020. 
yes, I think definitely, hopefully 2021 will be different. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's get straight into questions. Bernie's taking calls, by the way, at 1850-333-103. And our apologies, the lines have been really busy today. And, uh, and Bernie's been working flat out. So please bear with us. Uh, call again if you don't get through the first time. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Breathing Cantorque was on. Uh, could you ask Annalise, what's the best fish oils for aches and pains? Okay, so the fish oils can be very confusing, Patricia, because um, they're marketed very differently. It's very hard to understand what's a good quality one and what's a not good quality one. Um, So the first question is how to, I suppose, the first answer is how to identify a good quality fish oil. And there is the omega-3 fats are called essential oils because our body, we can't make them. We need to get them in from our diet. And you can get them from fish or you can get them from plants. Now, the plant-based ones aren't active. The fish have actually activated them. So they've converted them into something called either EPA or DHA. They're the two omega-3s that you'll see regularly in a fish oil. Now, EPA is a very good natural anti-inflammatory and DHA is very good for the fatty tissue of the brain, the fatty tissue of the nervous system. It's very good for skin health as well. So when you're looking for um, a joint support or ache and pain support one, you're looking for one that has a lot of EPA in it. And you're looking for something that has at least 600 milligrams or higher per capsule, um, so which is quite high. And the brands that I like are Wiley's. They're an excellent brand. Um, the WHC, they do a unocardio one, which is very high strength and also has vitamin D in it. And all of these have been sourced from fish that um, are sustainably caught and also they have been treated to remove any of the heavy metals in there as well. So they're safe for consumption at high doses. OK, would that be the same advice for Mary and Mallow? She says both of her knees are painful. What would Annalise recommend? Yeah, so the fish oils, can. some people find them wonderful because of their natural anti-inflammatory properties, but they're not specifically inflammatory for joints. So my own preference really for joints, Patricia, is something that contains a natural anti-inflammatory it could be the fish oil or it could be something like Boswellia, which comes from frankincense, or the turmeric extract is a wonderful natural anti-inflammatory as well. And I also like things that help in terms of building up the cartilage as well, so that you're actually building up the integrity of the joint, not just as an anti-inflammatory. So there you're looking at glucosamine, chondroitin. These take time to kick in. And then the newer supplements have got collagen in there. Um, so the collagen is very quick, works rapidly to help try and regenerate the, the cartilage around the joint. So the Revive Active is a wonderful one. It's got a lovely um, big dose of collagen in there and also some hyaluronic acid for the little cushion um, membrane in between the joints. And it also has everything you need for your bones. So that does for people for osteoporosis as well. Uh, another lovely one I like is the Salgar 7. There's seven different things that including collagen and also for lots of natural anti-inflammatories. So that's a really good one as well. But lots of health shops will have them. So go in and tell them, you know, if if it's kind of swollen and hot, go with something natural anti-inflammatory. But if just really for building back up the joint, go for something with collagen in it. Okay. Anne in Enniskeen has an overactive bladder. She's taken, uh, she's on a few tablets at the moment, but she wants to know, is there any herbal tablets for... Viridian have come out with a lovely one in the last year. It's um, it's Icelandic Angelica root extract, and there has they have completed studies on it, and it does help with overactive bladder. And I have seen great success with customers in the shop. 
But the only thing is you need to take it for at least eight weeks. That's what came up in the studies was that the average time for people to notice the benefit was eight weeks. And it is expensive enough. But in terms of the um, feedback, customers of mine take it for a couple of months and then they don't need to take it for a couple of months and then they may feel they need to top up every now and then. So it mightn't be something you need to take 12 months of the year. Okay, Eileen in North Cork gets really bad cramps at night in her legs. She cannot take magnesium. What else could she try? Okay, so when she says she cannot take magnesium, I'm wondering is that because it creates a laxative effect, which happens a lot with certain magnesiums, especially the cheaper varieties. So if that's the case, she might want to try a magnesium that's very gentle and very easy to absorb, like a magnesium biglycinate. And I know Terra Nova do one, or there's another company that have one called Prismag, P-R-I-Z-M-A-G. So that the biglycinate is very, very gentle. It's not as um, difficult to absorb from the system. Um, if that is not the case for her, she just can't take magnesium for other reasons. She could try a magnesium rub. So you can get a gel or a spray and you could rub it directly into the muscles of the leg. Some people find that quinine is brilliant that you get in tonic water. So a bottle of good quality tonic water at night might help as well. Um, Another reason for cramps in the leg can be iron deficiency. So make sure you get your iron levels checked. And if they're low, take a a very gentle iron supplement to top those up. So try any of those. And if they don't work, there are a few other ones that may help, but they're the most common ones that do do the job. Uh, Anne wants to know, are raw onions good for you? Um, yes, in many ways they are, but for a lot of people they find it very difficult to digest. I so can't take onions at yeah, all. No, and if they do cause you problems, um, don't take them. Onions are very high in a type of fibre called uh, fructoagliosaccharide, and they are uh, very good to feed the beneficial bacteria in the gut. So they help the good bacteria in our gut thrive. But for some people, especially if they've had a disruption of bacteria in their gut, they can be fermented too much. They cause an awful lot of bloating and wind and um, can be very, very uncomfortable. So um, there's lots of other health reasons for um, onions as well. They're full of sulfur, which is wonderful for your skin, wonderful for cartilage and joints. And it's brilliant for the sulfation pathway in the liver, which is a big detoxifier, especially for women, for hormones. Sulfur is always something that I try and get in when people are suffering from PNT um, and menopause because it just means that the liver is clearing old hormones and getting rid of them out of the system. And actually I've discovered, because I, I followed at one stage a FODMAP diet a few years ago and I discovered as an alternative to the to onions because you know onions are in so many things and particularly at the weekend I was trialling a stuffing that I need to make on Christmas Day. Uh, the green part of scallions. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the right old day and you can... Um, you can blitz them as well yeah. in the um, in the blitzer, blender. You know, yeah, it's great, people. and it gives you the oniony taste. It does exactly, you know. but you need to avoid the white. So yeah, it's not the whole; it's just the green. Yeah, that's it. Bernie, exactly, yeah. Bernie says I don't eat meat or dairy or fish, but I'm feeling very run down at the moment. What would Annalise suggest? Okay, so when somebody is like that, almost a vegan, um, I didn't say whether she eats eggs or not, but um, if you're not eating any meat or any cheese or milk products and no fish, you're not getting your B12. It's very difficult to get B12 from vegetarian sources. So the best thing to do is actually, and iron might be a problem here as well, depending on the diet, actually, Patricia, because iron is really best absorbed in red meat. Uh, Green leafy vegetables would be high in iron, but unless you're eating a lot of those, you may not get enough. So I'd take a good iron and B12 supplement. If you want to continue 
from a food perspective um, afterwards to make sure you've got enough B12. You can use nutritional yeast that has been enriched with B12. You'll buy it in any health shop. Now, for some people, yeast causes huge bloating and wind as well. And if that's the case, you just really do need to take a B12 supplement all the time. Yeah, because somebody else is suffering with bloating is Rose. Hi, Annalise. I am post-menopause. I have discomfort in my lower stomach area and I can have bloating too sometimes. Is there anything I can take to help with this discomfort? Okay, so now I, I, there's lots of things that can help with the symptoms, but I always feel you need to get to the root cause. But and in this case, it could be any number of things. But in terms of managing the symptoms, there's two things that I'd recommend. One is um, something called OptiBac One Week Flat. So it's a particular probiotic bacteria made by OptiBac, the company. And it's very good for kind of, you know, repopulating the gut with a particular bacteria that can help ease bloating. So you could do that, but I'd recommend instead of doing the one week flat, you do the one week flat for a whole month. The other thing might be to take a digestive enzyme, because if you're not breaking your food down efficiently, it's possible that it's kind of fermenting or putrefying in the gut, causing discomfort, particularly fat as well. When I hear pain, I often think fat digestion might not be working very well. So a digestive enzyme would help with that. And then the last um, thing that might help would be Actually, there's two other things, sorry. One is peppermint capsules. They can work very well for bloating. And the last thing then is activated charcoal. Activated charcoal is great if there's a lot of trapped wind. Um, It's a bit of a nuisance to have to take it. You have to take it before and after you eat. But it's very good for people as well who suffer from a lot of wind, Patricia, if they have to go out and they're very anxious about being in public. You can take it before you eat and after you eat and it really does prevent the wind. Okay, two people want you to repeat the treatment for the overactive bladder, please. So it's, um, there's only one company that make it here in Ireland. It's the company Viridian. And the product is Icelandic Angelica extract, the root extract of the root. So Angelica, we'd be familiar, it grows a lot on the verges and uh, people use it a lot for baking and uh, for cakes. But it's the extract of the root here and you need to take it for really, most people, about eight weeks before you'll see a benefit. Okay, and available in all, in all health shops. I, in all health in shops. All, and the question that keeps seems to come up every single week this time, it's uh, from one of our listeners called Mary. Um, just getting over COVID-19. Uh, suggestions, please, to how to get life back to normal. Okay, so one of the things, one of the problems with the COVID virus, but any flu virus as well, and actually any major virus like glandular fever or Epstein-Barr is post-viral fatigue. So I do like the source of life gold. It's a great tonic to pick you up because there is some ginseng in there, so it'll give you a bit of a kick. But very importantly for post-viral fatigue is to make sure that you're taking vitamin D, magnesium and selenium are very important as well. I would take a good high dose of vitamin D as well. In this case, I take at least 3,000 IUs per day and take a magnesium with that to make sure that it is being activated within the system correctly. Selenium, very important as well. These are all just to try and get the, um, you know, the cells working properly after viral influence, Patricia. And some people who end up with chronic fatigue after viruses, this would apply to them as well. So the and a vitamin C always can be good as well. Um, as just a, 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 a preventer to get yourself sick again. And then one of my absolute favourites is the olive leaf extract. I don't think there's anything quite like it. I've taken it myself even when I'm not um, immune compromised because I just feel really good on it. It's fantastic for any type of virus and it'll give you a good spring in your step as well. Okay. Liz wants to know, is there any alternative to the tablets that are prescribed by the doctor for cholesterol? Is there anything else you could take to lower your cholesterol? 
There is. There is a product that comes from the yeast that grows on red rice, and it's called red rice yeast. And it actually does exactly the same thing as the synthetic statin drug. It works on the pathway in the liver to stop the production of cholesterol. So uh, I have a lot of customers who take it in um, lieu of the statin because they've had terrible side effects from the statin drug. And even though it does the same thing, they don't. people don't seem to suffer the same side effects of it. So there's a few different companies that do it. Go into your local health shop. But what you're looking for is the extract, um, the yeast extract from red rice, red rice yeast extract. And that works very, very efficiently to bring your cholesterol down quickly. Okay, all right, we'll leave it there. Listen, have a great Christmas. Thank you, Patricia. Happy Christmas to you as well and all the listeners. And here's to a better... 2021. Okay, talk to you in the new year. Take care. God bless. That is Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolic. On the Raspberry Cordial, Finches Make It, says D in Goline. Levi's in Ballydehob sell it, but I don't know if they're open or not, uh, says uh, D in Goline. As far as I know, says another texter, Finches still produce Raspberry Cordial. You get it in cash and carry. They usually supply pubs, so the chances are there might be a good amount of stock left over if you can get into a local pub and hi Patricia I spend every Christmas on my own and by the way I'm not Scrooge and bah humbug and all of that I enjoy all the traditional stuff I just like doing it on my own and I'm not one bit lonely this year the secret will be out that we don't need houses full of people who will simply get in our nerves anyway just for the sake of it I bet you next year people will be calling you saying how they prefer not to be having big crowds of people coming for Christmas and asking how can you get out of it Uh, Stay safe. That's from uh, Sheila. Happy Christmas uh, to you, Sheila. 1850-333-103. That's where I leave you. Thanks to Bernie. We're back with you tomorrow at 10. Until then, Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.